It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello, you're listening to a bonus episode of Popcorn Podcast with Lee and Tim, where we're reviewing The Lost King. I'm Timmy Fland, movie buff. And I'm Lee Livingstone, entertainment journalist. And we love to talk all things movies. Now, in The Lost King, an amateur historian defies the stodgy academic establishment in her efforts to find King Richard III's remains, which were lost for over 500 years. The Lost King is directed by Stephen Frears from a screenplay by Steve Coogan and Jeff Pope. The Lost King stars Sally Hawkins, Steve Coogan, Harry Lloyd, Mark Addy and Lee Ingleby. Now, this is the team who brought us Philomena. Yeah, great movie. Yeah. Judy Dench, Steve Coogan was in that as well, yeah. wasn't he? Yeah. Lovely movie. So, a lot of the story questions the history of King Richard III. Mm. He's painted as a villain, but there are a small society, well, not so small, probably actually now, society of supporters who believe that his bad reputation is a conspiracy that's been brought forward by Shakespeare's famous. King Richard III play. Yes, because a lot of people f- take Shakespeare as history, as true, yes. as real. It's entertainment. Yes. It's embellished. Yeah, we, we all get confused with that sometimes. I'm guilty of it. Oh, my God, this is the truth. This is what happened. But he, he is a playwright. Mm. And, and more often than not, when you're talking about art, people are writing these plays or creating these pieces many, many years after the lived life of these mm. historic figures. Shakespeare wrote, his play on King Richard III some hundred years after he died. So it can't be – it's take a grain of salt and it's, you know, heightened for entertainment value as Shakespeare did so well. Exactly. And that's what a lot of historians believe Mm. and this society of supporters. Mm. It's interesting to note that his remains – so this obviously is based on a true story. It really happened. Yeah, it really happened. His remains were only found about ten years ago. Mm. I don't remember hearing this in the news, but maybe it was more a British thing. Well, uh, just on that, 
I was living in London at the time that oh, his yeah. remains were uncovered back in 2012. These headlines never crossed my path. <laughs> I mean, I was in my early 20s doing other things, I guess, not really leaning into the daily news cycle. Yeah. But I was excited going into this movie knowing that it was based on a true story mm-hmm. to find out what, what the hell went down, what what's behind this. And in real life – the search for his remains plays out over actual decades. Yeah. She actually spent about eight years properly looking for the location. And how long, for obviously creative license and pacing issues with the movie, how long does this film say that happened? Over like maybe, is it months or maybe like they don't a make year it, or They something? don't make it clear. Not explicitly clear. But I mean, not long enough for the children actors to change it also <laughs> that's a good that's a good place to compare it yeah yeah, yeah. yeah yeah no no one celebrated a birthday i guess in the life of the movie one thing that apparently really did happen because this film has some fantastical elements to it some sort of mm. supernatural elements to yeah, it, which we'll talk it about a bit later but apparently she really did have a tingling sensation when she walked through the car park where his remains were found. Mm. So that's not actually artistic license. In the film, she walks through this car park where she thinks it might be Mm. and has this like overwhelming sensation that she's walking across his grave. Right. And then she looks down and she sees a little R, which means reserved, Mm. but it's obviously heralding to her Richard. Yes. This is where he is. That all really happened. That's a beautiful story. And it's a really great example of coincidence, but then gut feeling as well, mm. which the character of Philippa really lent into her feelings in her gut. But it was backed up with some serious research and, and tenacity. It was, but it was those feelings mm. which diminished how seriously the societies or the University of Leicester and Mm. the archaeological people who were helping her dig, Mm. they took the fact that she had a feeling about it to dismiss her even more, which is what a lot of this film is about. It's an Mm. underdog story, really. It's a woman constantly sidelined because of her gender, because of her health struggles. She has chronic Chronic fatigue. fatigue. Mm. So she's fighting to reignite this passion and find herself again. And this search re-energizes her, which was really wonderful to watch. Yeah, it makes her happy. It positions her with a sense of purpose outside her broken marriage and raising her two boys based on her having a purpose and living Mm. her life and putting everything into it. She's also really focused on giving a voice to King Richard III because his voice has been muted. His voice has been twisted, like we mentioned before, in history, the assumptions about him being an evil man and killing his nephews and all those things. So Mm. she was finding her voice while also finding King Richard III's voice at the same time. Do they go into why she felt so connected to this story? Not really. I guess if, if I was to answer that question... She's trying to find her feet in her world. She's just missed out on a promotion that she rightfully should have got and she was discriminated against within her workplace. She has a lot of experience. Mm. And so she goes and has this experience with her son to go and see Shakespeare's play, King Richard. And it inspires a connection between his plight and her plight to find their voice and and the truth. Mm. And then so that unlocks her... I guess you could call it obsession. Is obsession yeah. a safe word? Yeah. Her, her obsession to find the truth. But then she has this inner head, I am going to find his remains mm. and nothing will get in the way. And so that's what spurs that on for her. And then the film plays out like a mystery, I guess. Yeah. You know, the stakes aren't all that high, but it's still enjoyable to follow along with the mystery of the story. Yeah. It does lack a bit of suspense, 
I would say, because we do know how it ends. Mm. We know the remains were found. It was all over the news, even if we missed yeah. it. it was yeah, all we totally over missed it. But news. that's the trouble with based on true events, because a lot of it is known or you have mm. an inkling of, of the truth or how it ends. So it is hard to be hooked in with suspense. But there's enough going on here, I think, for me, where she was up against so much, you know, the approval to dig, the setbacks, you know, the excitement around the crowdfunding that she got, mm. the relationship she has with the society. There was excitement there, but it wasn't like a fist pump sort of like, yeah, yeah you go, girl. You were just yeah. going along with it. And it is sad that although she triumphs by finding his remains, which is what she set out to do, mm. she's still sidelined from the accolades afterwards by yeah. the bureaucracy of the whole thing. You know, she researched it. She funded it. Mm. She commissioned the dig. Even when they uncovered these remains, they wanted to move on because they thought it was probably just a priest or, or someone else that was a low-level whoever. Mm. And she had just knew it was him. It's an example of the patriarchy mm. discriminating against gender. And because she was a woman, it's just really sad. I mean, this isn't all that long ago. This is only no, a decade ago. Exactly. So you think, oh, this would have maybe been in the 70s or the 80s. Nah, it was in 2012, bro. Nah. Uh, why did I say that? <laughs> <laughs> There's a quote that Richard says to her. We need to explain that as well. With yes. the fantastical elements, mm. she starts to see, I guess you would call the ghost of King Richard yeah. who happens to look like the actor that she yes. saw in the play That's earlier right. on. That's so right. she's manifesting, manifesting this him. King Richard mm. to talk to her and help her find his remains. Mm. Um, and he says something to her. He says, you know the truth and nothing else matters. Mm. But it's frustrating that nothing changed. Mm. But that's life, I guess, isn't it? That's the way life is, which is really cynical. I know. That's life. It's <laughs> that's okay. Life. Women are sidelined. That's the way it is. Oh, it's the hard truth and it's very frustrating. But, um, you know, the first time she does see him is out the window of a work meeting she's having. And she's mm. like, hold on, who is that guy? He's literally in all the regal robes and the crown and everything. And she can't ignore it. And then he's chilling on a bench outside her house all night. Yeah. She keeps looking out the window. It's a really intriguing, nice layer where it uncovers a dialogue that she can have because they build a relationship. It's not mm. real. She's manifesting yeah. King Richard III, but they develop a relationship and they support each other through and he mm. helps her and encourages her. But it's it's actually quite a nice relationship that develops between the two. See, I was going to say, like, it's a nice touch that she mm. conversed with him a little bit, but do you think they could have lent into it more? Because at the first encounters, he doesn't really say anything. He just looks brooding on his no. horse or, or standing by a light post. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely used as a tool to further the story along mm. in a shorter amount of time. Yes. Because that's that's what it's used for. And mm. also, I guess, represents a figment of her psyche. Or would you say something supernatural or is it her? Like, how would you interpret that? I was thinking because... They make it very clear to you early on in the movie that she suffers from chronic fatigue. So you would think that maybe someone who doesn't sleep well mm. suffers hallucinations and such like. Right. But I actually think it's completely separate to her chronic fatigue, if that makes sense, right. because you don't see her tossing and turning in the middle of the night. There's none of those scenes playing out that gives you an idea that mm. she cannot sleep and is suffering from that. It's just purely focused mm. on her obsession and her love of King Richard to try and find the truth yeah. and give him a voice. So I don't think it's linked to her chronic illness. Yeah, and she doesn't only see him in times of stress. No. She sees him in times of excitement and yes, when and she's... discovery yeah, and stuff exactly. like that. Yeah. Sally Hawkins, mm. as Philippa Langley, 
is expectedly brilliant. She's intelligent, she's quiet, she sticks to her guns and she does what she sets out to do, which is find these remains and get them reburied like a proper regal burial. Yes. Which is another fight within itself once Mm. she gets him discovered and gets him exhumed, I guess you would say. Yeah. Then she has to fight because the royal family at the time did not count him as a legitimate heir to the throne. That's right. He was a usurper. Yes. Which is a word I'd never heard before. Yeah, so he hadn't... You haven't heard that word before? No. <laughs> okay, there you go. Learning. It means he took the throne without actually being... The king, Having the right king. to it. Yes. Ah, gotcha. Thank you. So she wants to get him a royal burial, as other kings would get. And so mm. she has to fight for that, to have him recognised as a rightful heir to the throne. I mean, Sally Hawkins is just such a delightful actress to mm. watch. She can balance... Anxiety, she can balance timidness. Mm. But what she brings to the surface through her wonderful performance is the tenacity and the drive and not being knocked down and let down. There's a real tenderness and naivety at times, but deep Mm. intelligence as well. I mean, I'm throwing all these words around, but there are nuances to what Sally brings to the screen that only she can. And it was she was the right person to drive this story. And it's what she does in all of her roles. Mm. I mean, I looked at some articles about this film and the actual real events. Um, She doesn't really look anything like Philippa Langley. No, so she wasn't cast for that reason. She was cast for her incredible acting ability and she delivered in spades. Nice. I like that. Steve Coogan's character. Hmm. So he's the ex-husband. Yeah. I found him really jarring. Oh, did you? In what way? Because he's full of red flags. (laughs) He's constantly undermining her. Yeah. But then he suddenly becomes supportive. Yeah, that felt a bit sudden. I didn't buy it. And the kids as well, because everyone's judging her. But then there's almost a light switch moment between his character. The kids were more embarrassed maybe because of her illness and and her her obsessiveness and stuff. Yeah. Mm. But look, I'm really impressed with Coogan's work behind the scenes on this film with the script. I think he's he's done a fantastic job. I would say of Coogan's, less his character but his performance – it's quite muted than what we're used to. He's mm. usually front and centre in, in films. Mm. He's still witty and charming in some way in mm. this movie, but he definitely takes a back seat for the rightly for Sally Hawkins' character, Philippa, to yep. be seen as the main protagonist. Harry Lloyd is King Richard III. Mm. We've already talked about that relationship, but how did you find his performance as the king? Well, I actually really enjoyed it. And it's mm. funny, if you know who Harry Lloyd is, I guess he's best known as Viserys from Game of Thrones. He was Daenerys's creepy brother who was obsessed with becoming king and oh. you know, he ends up with the golden crown and he gets his crown in this film. Okay. He gets to wear his crown in this that film. That is, that's nice. I think he delivered a really nuanced, wonderful performance. Mm. You know, like he has to say a lot without actually saying anything yeah that's hard and yeah he's this apparition of of king richard the third he is quite regal very reserved the the performance was fantastic yeah i i really liked the relationship that developed out between philippa and harry lloyd's character of king richard he's very charming regal like you said it was a nice performance and it was just a different sort of layer to this movie that i'm glad was there it kind of added a bit of intrigue and excitement to a fairly like run-of-the-mill oh discovery sort of story arc. So Mark Addy 
plays Richard Buckley, who is the head archaeologist, I guess. At the university? At the University of Leicester. Mm. He's lost his funding, he's losing his job, and then this project comes along and when people start to get interested and it gains traction, he jumps on board because suddenly everyone's really excited again. Very opportunistic. I liked his character, but it also was a bit uncomfortable because he took advantage of the situation. Yeah, he seemed to be... Genuine. um, Yeah, very genuine for most of it, Mm. but then he took the glory out Mm. from yeah, and but also when he could see the hot of glory being taken by other heads of the university, he also didn't do anything about it. Yeah, he right. didn't back her up, which is disappointing. Poor attempt at being an ally, mate. Yes, one hundred and one. Ally, you are not. What, one of the things that confused me in mm. the movie was that there seemed to be like five million characters called Richard, and I got like he, his character is Richard. You've got King Richard. I swear there was another character called Richard, and I was getting quite confused. <laughs> right. Yeah, I was like, hold on, which Richard are we talking about here? But that was just, I'm not really a criticism. I mean, if it's their real name, you can't do anything <laughs> yeah, about it, but yeah. I got a bit confuzzled from time to time. Right. One thing I want to say before we wrap up mm. is I loved seeing Edinburgh on screen. Isn't it a glorious city? Once upon a time, I lived in Edinburgh for a year. Oh, you did too. My family's also Scottish. So, I mean, they're not from Edinburgh, but I just loved seeing all that landscape play out on screen. It's just such a beautiful place. Take me back. It's one of my favourite cities. Please tell me, of course, if you live there for a year, Mm. did you go to the Fringe Festival in August? Of course. Okay, good. Oh, it's going to be so upset if you (laughs) hadn't. I also went to the military tattoo right outside oh, the castle. That's amazing. I also attended a Hogmanay, which is a crazy, crazy night out in the streets. Amazing. Oh, there's a good party scene in Edinburgh. Yeah. I had a few good nights out during Fringe when I yeah. visited there some decade or so ago. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's close our love letter to Edinburgh and wrap up our take on The Lost yeah. King. So The Lost King is a gentle exploration of true events that, look, won't knock the socks off viewers, but it is enjoyable quality. British offering. We didn't talk about the humour, the deadpan humour in it, but it's got that quintessential British humour, which I really enjoy watching. It's perfect for an afternoon at the cinema, especially Mm. for its study of a woman finding the strength to stand up for her convictions and herself. I'm giving The Lost King three and a half popcorn kernels out of five. Nice one, Lee. The Lost King is a pleasant and enjoyable film that will delight audiences. It is a pretty niche story, so fans of history will no doubt get the biggest kick out of it, but it still feels accessible and fans of the wonderful Sally Hawkins will have plenty to enjoy with this one, no doubt. I'm going to to rate The Lost King three and a half popcorn kernels as well. Well, there you have it, guys. The Lost King will be found in Australian cinemas from December 26th. I see what you did there. Mm-hmm. Well, as always, friends, thank you so much for listening. And we'll catch you next time. We have a website, popcornpodcast.com. Make sure you check it out. We've got all our episodes up there for you to listen to. If you'd like to get to know us a little better, there's an About Us section. And we run ticket giveaways. So keep an eye on the website for more information. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 
If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.